What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Cubs Live Podcast. I am your host, Al Malzahn, alongside co-host Mark Tellerico, and the 2019 Cubs season is officially underway, but Mark couldn't have started pretty much any any worse way. I mean, there's highs and there's lows, and we'll get into them, but they just wrapped up a series in Texas to start their season. Now, opening day, it seemed like things were kind of going good. I mean, you kind of got that sense of 2016 where the Cubs come out and don't step on the brakes. They're just scoring runs, pitching's good, um, and then the rest of the series. I mean, right off the bat, the offense clicked. They scored 28 runs in those three games. Guys like Baez, he picked up right where he left off. He's knocking guys in, getting base hits, two home runs on opening day. Uh, you got Chris Bryant. He came out, and he hit a home run on opening day as well. His swing, as we all expected, looks healthy, looks good. Schwarber, he's hot, and he's one guy for me that I'm like, I can't wait for him to show – I can't wait for him to show us as Cubs fans his full potential because we haven't seen it yet. He looks really hot too. Uh, so to say the Cubs offense isn't feeling it, that would be a lie. But one thing's for certain right now, and it's that the Cubs bullpen isn't feeling it. You know, they blew two games in Texas late innings, uh, which realistically the Cubs could have walked out of Texas with a sweep. Um, instead they walked out and lost the series because of those games. And Mike Montgomery, just to kind of highlight it, he didn't look good. Um, Carl Edwards Jr., he didn't look good. We knew this bullpen was bad coming into it, right, Mark? But the Cubs felt as though that, you know, they were fine and they were going to go roll with who they had. But they come out of the gates in 2019, and the first things first is that their bullpen is their problem. Now, what do you make out of this Cubs bullpen, Mark? Well, like you said, that it it is a problem. And we can't praise the offense enough, which, in my opinion, I'm not going to worry about the starting pitchers. I'm not going to worry about you Darvish struggling in his first start. I'm not going to stress about that. I'm not going to worry about Cole Hamels because other than that grand slam, which I know that did happen, but other than that grand slam, he had a pretty good outing other than that, than that one pitch, you know, if that didn't happen, then he was looking pretty solid overall, but the bullpen, I mean, you just can't trust him. And I trust, I trust Steve Ciszek and I trust a healthy Pedro Strope, but Carl Edwards is all over the place. And Chatwood was getting back to his ways where he just he did not look nearly as good as I hoped he would, considering how he did in spring training. I don't know if they all just, you know, had some of the opening season, opening series like nerves kind of thing going on or what, but it is painfully obvious that there needs to be some changes in the bullpen, whether that is bringing guys up from triple uh, A or if it's trading some people, I don't know. But this is not going to be the bullpen that gets this team above 90-plus wins this year. Yeah, and that's, I think, a huge part of it is when you have those one-run games and you have to turn to your bullpen, uh, you don't have that comforting feeling as you know, as if you're a player, you're a manager like Joe Madden. Look, how I feel about this is everybody is so quick to turn on Joe Madden, right? He's the guy who comes out there, grabs the ball, gives it to another guy, right? But it realistically, it kind of falls on the front office. Uh, analysts, you know, Cubs fans, a lot of people in the media too, that's their one weak link is their bullpen. And Madden is just managing. Sure, you can you can criticize him about, you know, his in-game, um, kind of his in-game management. But who he puts out there and when he does, that also falls on, you know, front office because they they are handing Joe Madden in a, in not an above-average – 
uh, bullpen. You know, right now the Cubs are below average in their pen situation. So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, guys like you, Darvish, they – I'm not too concerned about them, right? Starters, he hasn't thrown since May of last year. He'll figure it out. But the bullpen, for one, is something that I've been concerned about since – January, right? And nothing's been done. And the Cubs definitely could have been, they could have well been three and one right now, but now they're one and three. So that's kind of the um, disappointing part of it. But Cubs baseball is back, which means baseball pretty much every single day. And some exciting news happened today, just obviously like less than an hour ago, right before we we're going to hop on. Uh, David Bodie, the Cubs have signed David Bodie to an extension through the 2024 season. Uh, it has two options on it, five years, $15 million for me. Great deal. Right. I mean, Bodie, the, this is where I'm at on it is Bodie approached the front office, which kind of means that he likes the culture in Chicago. He likes who's around him. He likes being here, uh, two, the Cubs must believe in Bodie for the long term they wouldn't give that money to somebody that they were going to go trade away. You know, maybe they trade him down, you know, at the later end of his deal, who knows, but right now they believe in David Bodie and his role on the team. Um, and three, I mean, it's a really good deal. You know, the Cubs locked up a versatile player that they can uh, throw at different positions and different situations and games. And look, David Bodie was in the minor leagues since 2012, struggled uh, a little bit, worked his way up. And now he's in the major leagues. He was a guy who was making probably like $10,000 for seven years. And now he kind of has that comforting feeling that he finally got his paycheck. And look, the Cubs locked him up before he shown his potential. I mean, he, he hasn't even been in the league for, you know, a full year yet. So, uh, you know, I think it's great that the Cubs are starting to extend their kind of core group. If you want to include Bodie in that first, it was Hendricks. Now Bodie, we'll see if they dip into, you know, Javier Baez, Kyle Schorber, Chris Bryant would love to get a Chris Bryant deal done, but with Scott Boris's agent, it's going to be difficult. Now, as Cubs is the Cubs front office kind of starts extending these guys, how do you how do you feel about the Bodie deal? Was it necessary, or who and who is and who is the next guy up for an extension that the Cubs go and uh, lock up? I think that the Bodie extension. I mean, I did not expect it at all because when you think of Nobody guys, when you think of guys that you need to lock up, I love David Bodie, but he's probably low on that list because he's pretty he's pretty much a utility player you know but the thing is is that it is such a low risk and high reward move if you look at it that way because five years 15 million dollars and then two club options towards the end of the deal that is that shows that i mean that's really that's nothing even for the yeah. cubs it's 15 million dollars over five years that is three million dollars a year even for the cheapest team that the cubs have been right now like that's really not much at all and, like, I've been seeing so many comments from, like, just these negative people that are just saying, you know, why aren't you why aren't you using this on a bullpen? Why are you – we are four games into the season, folks. Like, let's, let's take, a, take a step back here. It's okay. Um, I'm happy for Bodie. I think that it's a good deal on both ends. He got his money that he deserved, and I love that he went forward with it too. I love that he went and talked to Theo about it and that they entertained it and brought him that deal. When it comes to what I expect to happen next, I've been saying it since last year. I think Contreras is going to be—he's going to be the first. Like when you think of like the core player, like obviously Hendricks is locked up. I think Contreras is going to be the next guy to uh, have an extension signed. I believe. Well, for me, 
I would love to see Contreras get that extension signed. Uh, as players on the Cubs start progressing, I think the Cubs need to get a deal done with Javier Baez because his ceiling right now is so high. And if they would have inked a deal back in, say, 2015, 16, he didn't really have that much of a role on the major league roster. He wasn't even on the 2015 opening day roster. Uh, it, it could have been, you know, low risk, high reward type deal, you know, that the Cubs would be living in right now. But obviously, second, second place in MVP last year kind of puts that thought away and now he's obviously a superstar so i really think that the cubs if they're going to extend one guy that you know what you're kind of getting out of uh, out of him because uh Contreras, outside of that 2017 season 18 was pretty rocky we don't really know what we have out of Contreras. we know his ceiling probably and where he can be it's it's getting there first and javier Baez has got there so i think the cubs really need to lock him up now as far as this Bodie deal goes, uh, I think that means there might be an odd man out down the stretch. Is that Ian Happ, who they just sent down uh, to AAA? Or is it Addison Russell, who is currently facing a, a suspension for his domestic abuse allegations? Uh, all of that, man, there's some questions. And I'm sure you would agree. You would say that Addison Russell's the odd man out, right? I think that... I, I mean, Addison Russell or Ian Happ. I've, I've felt for years that Ian Happ has been the odd man out, that when they were going to deal someone away for pitching, it was going to be Ian Happ. So I think that it's going to be one of those two, or this is truly just like, a, you know, oh, this makes sense to extend Bodie. It might not be related. Who knows? Right. Right? But I think that if it, if it were to be somebody uh, that is kind of left out, I think it would probably be Happ or, or Russell. I, dude, this is where I stand. I would love to see the Cubs come July, come June, um, you know, trade Addison Russell for one or two bullpen pieces, you know, to a team that's battling injuries. Hint, hint, the Yankees right now, who knows? They've been battling injuries. I know Troy Tulowitzki is currently out too. Uh, he's having an MRI done and they're kind of set with some injuries right now. So if the Cubs can do something on that front, trade them away just for a bullpen two guy. Who knows? Um, it will be interesting, too, how the Cubs use uh, Addison Russell when he comes back. So let's uh, let's get present tense. I mean, the Cubs now, they lost in Texas that series. They go to Atlanta, started off their series on April Fool's Day, and basically that's all I really have to say, right? I mean, <laughs> just a sloppy performance after blowing two games two straight games in Texas. Um, they commit six errors, which is the most since 2006 and 13 years ago, <laughs> 13 years ago. And that's the worst defensive game. And I know it's only four games and we say it, I get it, but two of the biggest concerns for so far for the Cubs to start this season have been the pitching and have been the defense. And when you go back to that 2016 season, the Cubs that year all the way through were great on pitching and historically great on defense. And when I say historically, to put that in perspective, in 2016, the Cubs had the highest percentage of outs since 1950 as a team. Defensive and fundamentals is what is going to win you games or it can cost you games. Now, Mark, what do we make of the current state of the Cubs? Because for me right now, it's so tough to grade them or have an opinion because we are only four games in, right? So it's like... I keep on telling myself they're going to figure it out. Guys like Darvish are going to figure out the bullpen. Don't really have that much confidence in them, but I feel like this team is going to get it figured out, but we're going to talk about in a little bit that Milwaukee's hot too. And maybe it's 
becoming more of a reality that the Cubs aren't the clear favorite in the NL Central anymore. So I just want to hear your thoughts on the current state of the Cubs and what, how much we can invest in four games in. Well, the thing is, is that even if, say, the Cubs were 4-0 and and they've been winning every game by five-plus runs, we can't be, you know, buying World Series tickets and scheduling the parade. You can't do that. And you just like when you're 1-3, and three, you can't be, you can't, oh, my God, we need to be sellers. You can't do that. But once again, it is obvious that, I don't know, I, I'm starting to think that Shilly Davis was a clear issue because if you're looking at what the Cubs have been doing on offense other than the April Fool's Day game. We're just going to call it the April Fool's game because that's literally what it looks like. It was a joke. Um, they're taking walks. They look patient. They're moving the ball. They're moving the runners. They're doing everything that you expected and what you've seen the Cubs do from 2015, 16, and 17. So the offense is performing exactly how we want it to. That's great. We're not going to stress about that. Everybody's looking great. I swear, every time I see like Contreras up, I know that I'm talking about him a lot this episode for some reason, but he's either like taking a walk or he's, he's just like, I think he's had like five walks already this year. Like he just looks very patient. His vision looks good. And so does a lot of people. The walk numbers are up a ton, which is awesome to see. Pitching wise, the starting pitching, I feel like this kind of happens with older pitchers that, and which the Cubs have plenty of, they aren't going to stress too much about March and April because they've been around forever. They know that they need to keep their energy going for the dog days of the summer when it's hot and that you got to, Remember that you're pitching every five days. So I'm really not going to start worrying about Darvish and Quintana and Hendricks and Hamels and everybody else until May, June, you know, and I'm not going to totally trust about them because they are all proven pitchers that if they're healthy, they should produce and be fine. The bullpen is a disaster. Like if I had to grade the bullpen, I mean, what, D minus? Only because they didn't give away the opening day? Like, I mean, you're a teacher, so you give them a grade right now. D minus, because I don't want to fail them yet. It's still early in the semester, we'll call it. But, oh, my God. I mean, it is just – I hear I you, man. I don't trust them. I don't trust them, and hopefully they prove us wrong because, I mean, they see – all of them have Twitter. All of them have whatever. They're seeing all the comments. They're seeing all the doubts. They're seeing that. And there are still some some key pieces of that World Series team that are on this roster right now. You know, uh, Carl Edwards and Pedro Strope, Mike Montgomery, all, those are three key pieces that were on that roster that won the World Series. So they know what it takes, and they've been there. That doesn't mean that they're going to perform like they did in 2016, but they have at least been able to respond to adversity before. And my God, I hope that they could turn it around. I, I I mean, just for the sake of this Cubs team, you don't want to fall early behind, right? And you see the Brewers are rolling. We're going to talk about them coming up next. They're rolling. You don't want to fall early behind because then all of a sudden you got the media, the, the talk from the outside, right? You got the media talking about Joe Madden, his contract, and if the Cubs will you know part ways with him, who knows? Uh, you don't want that outside talk to affect the inside internal um what's going on in there. So yeah, man, I mean, they just got to figure it out. I mean, that's where we're at right now is they got to figure it out. They know who they are. They know the talent they have on the roster, but they need to put it together and people have to produce, you know, you know, show up, show up every single day, go out there and pitch, do your job. Uh, Carl Edwards Jr. I don't want to see you play so much Fortnite in 2K. I want you to go grab that ball and pitch me two scoreless innings. That's exactly what it is. I see him. I got him on PlayStation 
on my PlayStation friends and he's just sitting there playing Fortnite or playing 2K every single night. And it's like, you know, if you're not going to go out there and pitch the ball, I don't want to see you play Fortnite. And yeah, man, I mean, the bullpen, it's just a basket case right now. But uh, moving on to things as the Cubs open, you know, their series this weekend with the division winner, Milwaukee Brewers. What can we expect with the Brewers? I mean, I'm just going to say it, man. They look scary. I mean, last year we thought about how scary the Cubs, the Brewers look compared to the Cubs. We compared them to the 2015 Cubs, right? They were a team that really didn't have that many expectations, came out hot to end the season. They went on to the NLCS. Now, if they're following the Cubs' 2015 and 16 track record, they are starting out the season right. Um, I mean, guys for the Brewers are just stepping up in crucial sp spots. Christian Yelich doing absurd things. Uh, it was Arcia the other night. Yelich again hitting the walk-off double. I mean, their bullpen is rocking with Josh Hader. Safe to say, and I'll admit it, man, they're the better team in the Central heading into the weekend, and they they might be, uh, you know, for a little while to come. So the Cubs may not be the frontrunner anymore in the NL Central, and I think a lot of fans and a lot of people are struggling to accept that. But um, at some point, you got to recognize, you know, you got to take a step back and recognize what's in front of you, competition-wise. Uh, it's going to be a crazy fight till the end, and which is the reason why Cubs fans have kind of a right to be mad. Um, you know, the Cubs picked maybe the wrong offseason to kind of be quiet and take a gamble on their guys. You, we saw what Bryce Harper did the other night. Came back to Washington. Phillies went out and got him, and he's going off. It's great for MLB right now. So, I mean, kind of talk to me, though. What are your thoughts on the Brewers series and the Cubs and Brewers and where they stand in the standings? Well, the thing is about the Brewers, and this is something that I came to a very harsh realization after probably, I'll say game three, because game the second game, even though the Cubs should have won, I didn't totally freak out because when you pull your pitcher in the third or fourth inning, I can't even remember what it was, it was Darvish, I think it was the third inning. When you pull your pitcher in the third inning, it doesn't matter how many runs you score, you don't deserve to win that game. So I wasn't going to get too upset about that one. But the third game is what really upset me when they gave away that late lead. And when that happened, that is when it really dawned on me that this is the Brewers division to lose as long as the Cubs aren't making any moves for uh, any bullpen arms. Yeah. As long as the Cubs are doing what they're doing and they're bringing out the same guys every single day, then the Brewers are going to be the better team. If you look at the offensive numbers, they're going to put up around the same numbers. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you that. I mean, Yelich is an absolute stud. So is, you know, Travis Shaw, Lorenzo Cain. They're all, they're all good Good players. They're all good players, but the Cubs offense is performing as well. So I think that they kind of cancel each other out and their bullpen is just outstanding because their pitchers, they haven't had a pitcher go past the fifth inning. I didn't, I didn't see what they did today, but they haven't had a pitcher go past the fifth inning on at least four games into the season. So it's not like their starting rotation is lights out. It's just that their bullpen is unbelievable. And it's a long season, and they just lost one of their closers for uh, – for I don't know if it was for the season or what, but towards the beginning of the season, he was out for a long time. They announced that, but it's not slowing them down. And that can carry them a long way, and it's, it's scary. And looking forward to this weekend, I mean, the Cubs are going to need to prove themselves, and they're going to need to prove themselves early because if we're all – if the Cubs are already going to be five, six games behind – Milwaukee in the beginning of April, that's a disaster. And the only way to really get after them is to get their starting pitching out early, get into their bullpen early in the series so that they are tired for the rest of the series. 
and just yeah. pile it on early and have the Cubs starting rotation go six, seven plus because this bullpen is a disaster. Yeah, I think one thing that really separates Milwaukee and uh, Chicago is the fact that if the Cubs have a one or two run game, like we've we've known the Cubs to do, they can blow those games, and especially more so this year uh, with their bullpen and their mess in there. And now the Brewers, I mean, if they have a one run game, they've they've won five games deciding one run, and that just goes to show how good their bullpen is. Now we talked about a Freddie Peralta today went eight innings, finally kind of gave that Brewers the push. Uh, but you know, you got Corey Knable out, but the Brewers are going to find ways to have other guys step up. So, uh, their bullpen, man, it's scary. Their offense, uh, is scary. They, they're going to hit a lot of home runs, partly, partially due to them being at Miller park. Miller park's a hitter friendly park, unlike Wrigley field where every single day is different at Wrigley. You don't know if the wind's going to blow in, the wind's going to blow out and a lazy pop fly is going to pop up in the, you know, the bleachers. It's just, it's just a different atmosphere. And I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to say, man. I mean, the Brewers are scary. It's time to start taking them serious. If you, if you didn't watch last year and how they closed out September and it, it, September really for me was uh, a really big statement for the Brewers. They showed the Cubs what they are capable of. And now in 2019, they're picking up right where they left off. So uh, yeah, man, I mean, this series, it's going to be a lot of fun. I know there's going to be a lot of talk on Twitter. Um, I know for me, I live in Wisconsin. All my friends in my group chats are, you know, all Brewers fans. So I'll have to hear about it all weekend. So uh, yeah, other than that, huge, huge day. I mean, David Bodie picking up that extension, kind of unexpected, but great. Like you said, Mark, you know, low risk, high reward uh, type deal. I mean, the Cubs Cubs aren't really in the best state of mind. Four games in, always, always when you're in a week in a baseball, 162-game season, so easy to turn it around. So uh, I know Mark and I will be back talking about the Cubs, hopefully on lighter terms, um, better terms, I should say. So thank you guys all so much for uh, tuning in, and have a good day. Go Cubs.